0: Well, the first thing we looked at when we started this uh, series on serving a couple of weeks ago was that Jesus came not to be served, but to serve, as we've just sung in one of those songs just now. He came to give his life as a ransom for many. And that amazing fact determines our serving. Because it first of all protects us from wrong motivations. Remember, we looked at those wrong motivations for serving? Uh, Three of them we mentioned trying to be good enough for Jesus, trying to get something in return, trying to get blessings the more we serve, or trying to pay him back. If we know how much he loved us and the way in which he was prepared to express that love, then that should be more than sufficient motivation to love him and express that love in service. For him. Another key issue we looked at last week was our relationship with Jesus. Given that he has paid our ransom with his life, how does that change our relationship? Yes, he is our Lord, he is our master, he's God of the universe, but the question that is asked of many bosses is what is he like to work for? How do we relate to him? And... Uh, We looked at last week at that um, radical passage from John 15, in which Jesus says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. So we saw how Jesus is our friend, he's our colleague, he's our brother. And we finish by saying that God is less interested in what we do to serve him than in how we relate to him when we do serve him. What God delights in most is not our service, what we think we can do for him. Not putting all the hours in joyless duty, but it's our love for him, our joy in him, our joy in his son. So once we've got that established, then we can look at how we can serve him. Once we have our relationship on the right footing, then we begin to see that actually our ability to serve God is something he has given us as a gift. Let's, um, before we come back to 1 Peter, let's just briefly look at um, Luke chapter 11. We're going to be flicking around a bit this evening, hope that's okay, if you've got uh, your Bibles handy. But uh, let's just start in Luke chapter 11 and verse 11, it's page 104.2 of the church Bibles. And this is uh, Jesus speaking to his um, disciples. And he says, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will it give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will it give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? If we belong to God's people, then we have each been given the same gift, the Holy Spirit. And it's through him that we can understand and we can accept the ransom that's been paid on our behalf, the ransom that enabled us to be free and forgiven. It's through the Spirit that we can know that we are friends with Jesus and that we share the same Father, having been adopted into his family. And it's through the Spirit that we are able to identify Ways in which we can serve God. A useful tool that we're going to be looking at this evening, um, which uh, some of you will have come across, is the acronym that Rick Warren used in his book, The Purpose Driven Life. Um, It's called SHAPE, and um, it stands for these things here. S is for spiritual gifts, H is for heart, A is for abilities, P is for personality, and E is for experience. Now before I look at each of these in turn, just some words of warning though, because in the area of serving, just like um, other areas of Christian life, there, there can be a feeling that once I've worked out exactly what it is that God wants me to do, then I can start to, to serve. It's a bit like the way guidance is taught, taught in some churches, once I know exactly what God's plan is for my life once I know what my career should be, who my husband or wife's going to be, where I'm meant to live, then I can get on and do something. Until I've got that sorted out, I will just have to wait. But that's not really a biblical um, understanding. In the Bible, God's people take opportunities as they are presented to us, which is why our attitude is more important than our gift. If we see someone in need, we um, don't just say, well, that's not my particular gift. Um, We just get on and help as the situation presents itself. Likewise, if we've never actually served in a particular area before, we won't know if that is our gift or not. So sometimes we just have to try things out um, and be prepared for learning the hard way. But also there are some things that all of us are called to do. And if we do go back to that passage um, in 1 Peter that uh, that Jeff read for us. Uh, let's see what it says here. These are the verses that um, Ray Evans looked at with us on our church weekend away. You may recall that if you were there. On Peter 4, 7. Just um, Let me read 7 and 8 again. The end of all things is near. Therefore be alert and of sober mind. So that you may pray. Above all. Love each other deeply. Because love covers over a multitude of sins offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. So these um, instructions are directed to all Christians. Um, They're not just for some. Um, Praying, loving, offering hospitality are all at the heart of what it means to be a Christian. Um, So that is is instruction for all of us. But Then he moves on to specific gifts. So let's have a look at what he says about them. So we're coming on now to... um, the gifts themselves he says each of you verse 10 should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms And he looks at two different types here if anyone speaks they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God if anyone serves they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ well, a couple of, couple of things to comment on just uh, here. First of all, we don't choose our gifts. It's the Spirit who distributes them, He gives, gives them to us. He decides who he's going to give and what. But we are called to use whatever gift that we have received. Um, what that means is that we shouldn't envy those who have a gift that we would actually quite like to have. Um, we shouldn't be proud that we've got a gift that others don't have. Um, we accept them gratefully and we use them to serve others. There are also different types of gift. God doesn't give the, the same single gift to everybody um, because he wants us to, to love each other. He wants us to depend on each other. And hence that image we have in one Corinthians of a body, each having a part to play um, so that the body can function um, as a whole. We are to use our gifts, it says here, to serve um, one another the reason we're given gifts is for the benefit of others of others just as others were given gifts for for our benefit the gifts are given for the common good for the building up of the church so when we use our gifts others benefit from that when others use their gifts we benefit from that as well if we don't use our gifts others will lose out if they don't use their gifts we will lose out so what are, these, uh, what are these spiritual gifts we're talking about? There's no one definitive list in the Bible. These are all the spiritual gifts. Um, the various passages where spiritual gifts are mentioned. Um, main ones being 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, Romans 12. And this one here in 1 Peter. This one here, I mean, if we look at it again in verse um, 11, it does make a distinction, doesn't it, between speaking gifts Anyone speaks, they should do as one who speaks the very words of God. And serving gifts. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides. So there is a distinction here between two different types of gift, aren't there? Uh, sometimes we talk about practical gifts or, pa- or pastoral gifts, a word and deed. Speaking gifts may include those mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12, such as prophesying, teaching, encouraging providing words of wisdom or knowledge, interpreting tongues, serving gifts may include things, again, mentioned elsewhere, like uh, giving, leading, administration, acts of mercy, healing. Um, But whether they are speaking or serving gifts, they are both with the strength, it says here, that God provides. They are both to give God the glory. We're also told in Romans 12 that the gifts may vary in strength and effectiveness. Uh, it says in Romans 12, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. So if we have it saying of the gift of prophecy, then use it in accordance with or in proportion to your faith. The degree of effectiveness of of our gifts will depend on a combination of of different factors, of divine factors and of human factors. The Holy Spirit apportions to each one as he wills. Um, But the human influence comes in as well, from experience, from from, uh, training, from from wisdom. It's often not possible to determine which is uh, determining uh, the effectiveness, was it one or the other. So God has given us spiritual gifts, and that's part of our shape. But it's also shaped us in other ways. Let's have a look at those. Let's have a look at uh, the next one, H, which is for heart. I find it quite amazing that I can uh, um, put my thumb on my phone and, um, and unlock it. Um, and if anybody else here tries that, you won't be able to unlock it, I'm afraid, um, because my thumbprint is unique. It's unique to, to me now, the latest security technology, being uh, developed apparently, is um, something that measures your heartbeat, because again, your heartbeat is is unique. It's special to you. Uh, another amazing feature of uh, God's creation, isn't it, that we each have these unique, um, unique things? But just as we all have a different um, physical heartbeat, we also have a unique emotional heartbeat. We all respond differently to certain things, certain circumstances, certain people. There are some things you feel passionate about, and others, well, you're not too, too bothered, really. We may watch the news, and there are some items on the news that really grip us, uh, maybe we get really worked up about, and other items where mentally we've just sort of switched, switched off. And these are things reveal the nature of our heart. Where do those interests, where do those passions come from? Or from God? That's how he made us. Uh, And he made us like that for a purpose, so that we can use our interests, our passions for his glory. So when the Bible says, as as we have here on the screen, serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, what um, what is it saying? It's saying that we need to serve him passionately. Um, And we'll only be able to do that if our hearts are wired into those areas in which we are serving. If you're enthusiastic about your area of ministry, then you will serve all the more effectively. There may be uh, a really useful ministry in the church that we've not got involved in as a church, not because we don't think it's a good idea, but simply because there's not a person who has the passion to really start it up and develop it. Um... If you feel strongly about something, then you know, come and have a word with the elders and say, actually, I'd really like to, to do something along these lines. Our passion will help us to serve effectively. Now, one word of caution there, that doesn't mean that we can use that to get out of the jobs um, that none of us like doing, that just need to be done. Um, I don't think I've got a gift in loading the dishwasher, but I think at home, if I was to use that as an excuse, I don't think it would go down too well. Um, but in identifying your main area of ministry, is it an area that you really enjoy? Well, the next part of your shape is your abilities, A for abilities. These are the, the, the natural talents that um, you were born with. You know, it's from an early age, don't you, that children um, have different uh, abilities. Some have good physical coordination. Um, often those who start walking uh, very early. Um, others have good communication skills, again, often those who start speaking at an, an early age. Some are more artistic and creative, um, again, which you saw, see in the way they draw and, and color. Others like making things, putting things together. Um, others more musical. But if we um, look at this passage here, from this is from Exodus um, uh, chapter 31, Uh, Context is God instructing uh, Moses to create the tabernacle. This is uh, what he says. He says, see, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I filled him with the spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. Moreover, I have appointed Aholiab, son of Ahisamak of the tribe of Dan, to help him. Also, I have given ability to all the skilled workers to make everything I have commanded you. Again, there's a couple of things to, I think, uh, take note from here. First of all, all of our abilities come from God. God didn't say, um, actually, Bezel is a good guy to use because he, he's pretty artistic, he's pretty crafty. Yeah, get him, get him involved with this. No, he said, I have filled him with the spirit of God. God has filled him with the spirit. He's given him the wisdom. He's given him the understanding and the knowledge and all kinds of skills. He's given him the ability to make those artistic designs. It also goes on at the end, I have given ability to all the skilled workers to make everything I've commanded you. So everything we have, the abilities we have, the skills we have come from God. And it says he's filled us with the spirit to do practical things for God's glory. So we need to be quite careful here when we talk of spiritual gifts, natural abilities, as if somehow the former are more important than the latter because um, they're both spiritual because they're both given to us by the Spirit. All of our abilities come from God. Secondly, um, every ability can be used for God's glory. It's tempting to read um, passages like Romans 12, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, and think, well, these these natural gifts like teaching, administration, giving, um, and supernatural ones like healing and prophecy, um, interpreting tongues, But God doesn't make a distinction between the two in in that way. Yes, some are more impressive than than others, um, because they are miraculous, if you like. But all gifts come from God. And gifts are not a sign of spiritual maturity. We don't measure ourselves by how impressive our gifts are, um, but by how willing we are to use the gifts that God has given us for his glory. 1 Corinthians 10 says, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So the Bible is filled with all sorts of um, gifts, from farming to uh, fishing to carpentry, being a soldier, an embroiderer, a poet, Um, even the ability to make money comes from the Lord. Deuteronomy 8 says, remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. So let's not think we don't have any abilities to offer. Um, Let's think of our abilities, whether it's with computers or or bricklaying or designing invitations. um, And then pray that God would show us how we can use them for his glory. Don't um, wait to be asked if you've got a a gift you think could be used. Come and again, speak to the elders um, and say, look, I've got this ability to... I don't know, do a Rubik cube in less than a minute. How can we use that for God's glory? Yeah, somebody did do that and did use it for God's glory in Adventurers a couple of years back, I remember. Um, the answer may be, actually, I don't think we can really use that right at the moment, but um, you know, don't, be, don't be put off. It might be that it's a really useful gift. Um, thank you for offering it for God's glory. The abilities God has given you are a strong indication of how God wants you to serve him. Personality, P for personality. We've said that our emotional heartbeat is quite unique. Our personalities are unique as well. And in fact, our passions are in many ways part of our personality. I don't know where, how many of you have done those um, personality tests, which are designed to show you different things, whether you are um, maybe an extrovert or an an introvert, Um, maybe you're a thinker or a feeler, Um, whether you're a logical person or more illogical person. Um, If Helen were here, I could say a practical person or an impractical person. Um, Whether you're planned or you're spontaneous, an individualist or a team player, whether you like routine, or you like variety. Um, They can be helpful, particularly if you're working in a team situation, to know how each of you um, is is triggered. Um, And you can see how different members of the team respond to different things in different ways. The thing is, there are so many different variables you could use, and therefore the the number of permutations is huge, isn't it? Um, And we each have a unique combination of personality traits. And God uses different people of every personality type. Just look at the different disciples, how different they were with their personalities. So your personality will affect how you use the gifts that God has given you, um, how you use your abilities. For example, two people may have the gift of evangelism, but their personality types may determine how they use them. You could have two people who are evangelists. But um, one is more of an extrovert, one is more of an introvert. The extrovert could love standing up on street corners and uh, giving evangelistic talks, answering questions. Um, that may be their their, their passion. But you can have an introvert evangelist who, who loves getting alongside people on a one to one, just engaging with them, but would would never be up front. So let's um, use our personalities again for um, God's, uh, God's glory. And then finally, E, experience. There's um, uh, a lot of debate about how we are shaped um, in the secular world, not just in Christian, uh, Christian in churches, but um, those debates are along the lines of how much is shaped by our nature, the traits we're born with, and how much by our nurture, just our, the way we were brought up, uh, our background, our situations. Now, whatever you think the balance is between those two, we can't deny that experiences do play a big part in our lives. Um, Think of some of the experiences. I put a few of them down here. Family. Um, What your family situation was like when you were growing up, what it is now, um, will help you to relate to those with a similar family background. Uh, If you've had... Young kids, you will know the challenges that uh, young parents go through. You'll be able to help them and encourage them through that. Um, Hence, we've got a a parenting course starting up, which um, Jackie's leading, um, helping out with using her experience. Um, If you've got teenagers, you can encourage and support those likewise in different in the same situation. Your family, education. Um, Your experience at school or or university, whether positive or negative, can help to, to use you to serve others. Um, my experience, for example, at university spiritually wasn't brilliant, um, but that's given me a passion to pray for those who, who are going off to university, that they will use that time well, that it will be great for their, their spiritual growth. And work. Um, your experiences of, uh, of working with different people, Good guys, bad guys, good bosses, bad bosses, as we looked at last week. Um, different experiences of stress, of the way you use opportunities to witness, how you resist temptations in the workplace will all help you help others in similar situations. Spiritual, um, your own testimony, the way you came to faith, uh, how you've grown in your faith, the, the positive influences on you in that growth. Um, All of those can help you minister to others in their different stages of their Christian life. Ministry. Um, Your previous experience in different areas of ministry, maybe in a different church, again, you can use to bring into your present uh, ministry. And then finally, uh, probably the hardest and most useful in some ways is our painful experiences. Uh, These may be the painful experiences of life, Um, illness, bereavement, relational breakdown, financial problems, things maybe that we have no control over. Um, They may be painful experiences caused by our mistakes or where we've fallen into temptation. Uh, But either way, we can help others going through those similar sort of situations um, if we can understand them better. In 2 Corinthians 1, it says, God comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Our ministry will be more effective when we humbly admit our faults, our failings, our fears, than if we are to to boast about our strengths um, and our positive things. That's how Paul used his experience Um, in that same passage it carries on um, in 2 Corinthians 1. This is what he writes. He writes, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But this happened... That we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him, we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Paul is saying here, he and his companions went through some really tough times. They, they nearly died, but the experience has helped them to trust in our powerful God. So he's saying to the Corinthians, if you're going through those same struggles, I know what you're going through. Um, When we went through those, we we trusted in God and he allowed us not to um, despair. But he gave us that strength to get through. You too can get through as you put your trust in him, he's saying. So what will you do with your experiences? What will you do with what you've been through? Because again, your experiences are unique to you but others may benefit from them. Don't waste your pain. Well, um, let's uh, come to an end. I know this has been quite a quick um, uh, canter through the subject, and there's loads more we, um, we could say, but um, I will try and summarize some of this in a, in a note that I'll, uh, I'll distribute. But if you're thinking, I do want to use my gifts, but I'm still not quite sure what they are, do come and have a word with me afterwards, or any of the elders, um, And we'll see if we can help you identify um, some of these factors that will help put together your shape. We'll also be issuing shortly a a list of all the different opportunities in the church um, to be able to serve. And again, God may be uh, um, pointing you towards one of those different ministries. The important thing is to remember from 1 Peter 4 that each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. uh, As we finish, not not forget that God is less interested in what we do to serve him than in how we relate to him when we serve him. Let's close. Let's just have a moment of quiet to um, think maybe about our shape, think about some of those um, gifts and passions and abilities. Think about our personality. Think about our experiences. Maybe God's putting on your heart an area where you could serve him. Um, let's be open to the Lord's leading. Let's have some time of quiet to Just uh, spend time with God. And then I'll pray. Father God, we thank you that when you call us to follow Jesus, you don't just uh, call us to follow him on our own, but uh, you call us into your church, into your people. And we do thank you for your church. We thank you for this local church. Thank you for the support and encouragement that uh, each of us can be to one another. We thank you that you call us all to, to pray, to love, to, to offer hospitality, and we thank you that you give us each different gifts to use for the building up of your church. Thank you for the gifts that you 've given each one of us here and we do pray, Lord, that you would um, uh, help us to identify them if we if we haven 't already encourage us in their use if we are already um, using the gifts that you 've given us and Lord we thank you for for the passions you 've given us to to serve you in different ways, where we can get excited and enthusiastic. We thank you for the abilities you've given us, our unique personalities, and all those experiences—some positive, others not so positive. Some, in some ways, we'd rather forget. But actually, those painful experiences we reckon, recognize we can use for the benefit of others to help and encourage them as they go through that pain. So, Lord, help us to use our gifts, and uh, help us to do them, use them gratefully, and help us to use them because we want to serve you, because we uh, love you, and we want to glorify you in all we do. In Jesus' name, Amen.